everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. If you are watching us, uh, thank you. And if you're listening, hello. We are back with another episode. Uh, last week, McCall, we focused in on talking to experts about um, COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're currently dealing with. And you suggested that we kind of focus this week, not necessarily on, on really a science topic, but more mm-hmm. a topic of human interest and the needs that our community is facing. And McCall, unfortunately, this is not just uh, the Miami Valley. This isn't just Dayton. These are needs that every every state, every city um, has organizations that their whole purpose is to give. And it's a lot more challenging to give and to continue your day-to-day operations when we are sheltering in place, basically. Absolutely. I saw this story running on WHIO, um, our company and our station that we work for, about um, the homeless and Mm -hmm. how this pandemic is impacting them. And unfortunately, they wind up being the forgotten every day. And in this situation, it's way worse uh, for them to be having to go through this. Imagine shelters and people, you know, having to be so close to one another, not having the medical needs in case they are getting sick. So that's what sparked the idea. But as you mentioned, there's a lot more that goes into this. And our guest, we've had her on before, and I'm anxious to hear what she has to say. Yeah. So Melody Bennett is the director of the House of Bread. And the House of Bread is a wonderful organization that we have here in Dayton that provides a hot, nutritious lunch every single day of the year. They do not take a break. They do not have a vacation. And um, what is interesting about the House of Bread, I've I've been able to partner with Melody many times, um, is that it's there for anybody who needs it. And sometimes you need a hot lunch. Sometimes you are paycheck to paycheck, and you just need a little bit of help that month, that day, uh, and the House of Bread's here for you. So there's there's no judgment. Um, and I do, uh, Melody, I just want to say hello to you. Um, and why don't you talk a little bit more just briefly, if you have not heard our past episode with Melody, um, you know, you are, you are it. So let's talk about what exactly the House of Bread is. You can give a little more detail than what I just did. Oh, well, your detail was pretty amazing, Kirsty. <laughs> but we are what's known as a, a community kitchen where anyone in the community can come in and have a hot lunch with us any, any day of the year. There are no questions asked. There are certainly no judgments made. And this pandemic has, has really challenged us to treat people with respect and with dignity. Um, because it's it's very hard to do that when you're saying, hey, I'm happy you're here, stay six feet away from me. Right. Hey, I'm happy you're here, but I can't hug you, I can't touch you. And um, I think for the population of people that we serve, um, they typically kind of look to us for that um, verification of their human dignity, that mm-hmm. very of 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 humankind and kindness and when you can't express that in the way that you want to um it's very emotionally challenging yeah i mean yes we're still offering people a lunch um not offering people the the extras in the mm-hmm. social distancing and you know when we started you know by the middle of march that we we knew we had a problem you know in our local community with with covid-19 spreading and the schools were closing and there's just this huge amount of of uncertainty mm-hmm. and you know we originally wanted to keep doing exactly what we were doing treating 
neighbors with kindness, treating our neighbors with respect, letting them come in and eat. Um, we tried decreasing our numbers um, significantly, the number of people who were allowed in the building at any one time to eat. Um, we then went to a hybrid where we would let 40 people in at a time throughout a large dining room and we would take their trays of food to them. Um, we eventually ended up, um, when the stay at home order was issued, um, we really felt like that wasn't a, a safe um, way to go about serving our guests because when you're taking their tray, you're certainly closer than six feet. It's not like yeah. we were putting it on mechanical arms and sliding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, really felt like that was not a, a safe model for the people coming in to, to need services from us. Um, so unfortunately for us, and, and we really do take this seriously, we went at the beginning of April to an all carry out model for our guests who are adults and went to that we could still let families come in, our family dining room but just a small number of people at a time. So for the first time in, in history of the House of Bread, people are literally outside our doors waiting to, to come in. Our model right now is that we have 10 people. We give them access to, to bathroom facilities. We give them access to fill up water bottles. Um, and then we line one at a time to get coffee and, and to get a bag of food to go. And you know, I have to tell you, for our guests who are in homeless situations, it, it is not what they want from us. <laughs> it, it is not really what they need from us. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're taking it very, very personally and seriously and trying to look at a plan where we can safely, um, you know, kind of, kind of start transitioning back to where we can have our dining room open for most vulnerable guests to our, our guests who are who are homeless currently. Um, but I have to tell you that's not tomorrow, um, as, as I wish it was. And we've, you know, while there's certainly a lot of gratitude from people who come in to pick up lunches from us, um, and we certainly try to make that a positive experience for them. Um, there's also a lot of, um, you know, people expressing, you know, that frustration that, you know, just like for, for your listeners, you know, then, you know, you, um, everything about your life got uprooted the middle of March. Mm -hmm. Places that you used to go into and sit down for lunch, like the House of Bread, you can no longer go in and sit down. Um, places like you, maybe you went to the library for the afternoon and the libraries are closed. Um, maybe you, um, you know, had various places that you were able to obtain services and all of those places are closed to you or have dramatically changed their services. So while you know, we and our list and your listeners are very frustrated. Um, I, I guess I would say, you know, try to imagine being in a homeless situation and every safety net that you thought you could rely on has changed. Yeah. You don't even think about that, but you're right. Just some of those places that used to be the free spaces or the safe spaces that you could go <laughs> are gone. I think also, Melody, what was interesting that you had mentioned before was, um, 
you know, not being able to provide that human like touch at the house. Cause then, I mean, you are so welcoming, you know, sometimes it's a hug or just taking someone's hand and saying, thank you for joining us. Um, when I was grocery shopping, I had my mask on like Dr. Acton asked us to do. And I even felt such a human disconnect because I'd be trying to move around someone. I'd say, Oh, excuse me. And they <laughs> couldn't see my smile. Yeah. They couldn't <laughs> see like that, you know, a smiling face. So it feels more welcoming and less like rude. Um, yeah. So I can only imagine when you're so used to being able to say hello to your guests and, and sometimes it's just a pat on the back or a hug to the little and things like that. And to have that kind of restriction or just trying to like work your way around that. Um, mm -hmm. I can only imagine how challenging that is for you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think the, the probably the cutest example of this is we had a family that was coming in and um, a mom with, you know, with a couple small children and, you know, trying to juggle them and everything. And the little girl who's about seven fell on her way into the building and cut her knee. Oh, she's upset. And, you know, right. she's sad. Mm -hmm. so, you know, mom asked me if we have some, some band-aids. And so I bring out band-aids and, you know, I have this mask on and I have gloves on and I have no idea how nurses do this. I mean, I <laughs> I finally got so frustrated. I said, you know what, just hold on a minute. And I ran to the bathroom. I washed my hands really good. I come back without gloves. I'm like, okay, now I can actually put a bandaid on your knee. Right. <laughs> you know? And, well, you know, it was a small thing, but you know, by the end of it, we were both giggling about it because I could not, I was fumbling with my gloves. <laughs> simplest of, th of things. Right. Um, I have a question for you. So obviously you've always, you know, been providing these hot lunches. Now that, you know, schools did shut down, there were so many more families that depended on, you know, hot lunch at school for their children. And have you seen an uptick in the number of people needing? That's question one. And, and two, how do you, like you said, you're now unfortunately in a situation where you can't provide as much as you did before. So how's that going? Um, well, we are, we are attempting <laughs> to provide what we, what we can for people. Um, it's very hard when someone asks you for something and you simply don't have it to, to give to them. I, I mean, it, it's heartbreaking. Um, but we are, I would have said up until this week that we had actually seen a decrease in the number of people coming to us. The last couple days, we've seen a pretty big jump. Um, I don't know if that's people running out of resources elsewhere or if people finally feeling or starting to feel like, okay, I, I've got to get out and get some resources for, for me, or I've got to get out and get some resources for my family. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things we notice, like specifically with our families, is they don't tend to come in every day. They tend to come in one day and they're asking us for resources that they can take home to tide them over a couple of days. Mm -hmm. You know, we're a kitchen, not a pantry. But if I have a mom say to me, you know, Melody, I have cereal, but no milk. You know, if you could give me some milk, I could make it two days until I need to come back. Um, you know, Melody, I have bacon, but I have no eggs. If you could give me a dozen eggs, I could make it. And so we've, we've kind of been a little bit of a, of a hybrid pantry. Um, not just giving you a bag of food, but saying, what do you need? What do you have and what do you still need? And trying to fulfill those needs um, as, as best we can. 
and it feels incredibly well when great when we can do that and it feels incredibly sad um when when we unfortunately sometimes have to look at someone and say i don't have that i do this but i don't have that um and just trying to help our families think through how they can stretch their resources how how we can how we can get through this together which is the phrase we he we hear a lot but we try to say that to 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 all of our guests you know how can we get through this together what is it that you need that that we might have if that's a jar of peanut butter if that's a pair of clean socks. Mm -hmm. What can we do, you know, from a very simple perspective to help you get through this? So the question is, what do you need, Melody? Oh, yeah. that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, we, we were asked by some people in our community a couple weeks ago um, to try to stop encouraging people to go to individual stores. Um, because they felt like, you know, when we would put out requests on, on social media, um, saying, hey, we need individual jars of peanut butter, hey, we need socks, that, that there was a lot of um, sending people out of their homes when they were being asked to stay at home. Um, and so we were asked, you know, would you, would you ask for financial donations and you go out instead? The challenge that we are having with that, along with anybody else who operates a food pantry or, or a kitchen, um, really anywhere right now, is anywhere you go, your quantities are limited. What mm -hmm. you and what you can purchase. Um, so, you know, for me to get jars of peanut butter, as an example, to get enough, I mean, I have to go to four or five stores mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to do that. Um, you know, even places that we have traditionally relied on, um, you know, like a Sam's Club, where you can buy in larger quantities, are not selling in the larger quantities, right? right? Um, so we're getting to the point where, you know, and we certainly don't want to say, wow, if you have health issues, if, if you are not feeling comfortable, go out anyway for us. Um, but we are starting to get to the point where we're saying, is it okay to start asking on social media for people to pick up things for us and just deliver it to our back door? You don't interact, uh, interact with us at all. Just deliver it to our back door. Um, or hand it to us and you know we'll write you a quick receipt you know to say thank you um, because you know we need we need diapers and baby wipes for kids those are very very hard for parents to get out and find um, we need the critically you know hard to find toilet paper right <laughs> you know? yeah I, I, I feel like I when I'm giving somebody two rolls of toilet paper I'm practically giving them sticks of gold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people get very excited about toilet paper I'm sure don't we all? I, I, I scored a big role the other day and I was really excited. <laughs> well, I don't think that that's too much to ask. No. People, for the most part, they, ha they have to do their grocery shopping, whether right. they're doing, you know, a, a click list or going to the grocery store, or having it delivered to their home. So if no. you have the forethought to think like, okay, you know, let me get one extra jar of peanut butter, or I already have a jar, but let me purchase one anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if I can, you know, and that way I, all I have to do is, like you said, just drive it, drop it off at the back door, you know, set up some kind of like food bin. Um, I think that that's safe. And I don't think that's asking too much of people. Yeah. yeah. And I do know we've had a couple people offer like, you know, what is it that you need? And they are trying to coordinate an effort with their neighbors. So we're, you know, while they're, you say, well, you're already out shopping, pick right. this up, house of bread, drop it off in the porch, you know, on my front porch and I'll mm -hmm. take a house of bread in, you know, four days. 
Um, and so we've seen some of that, and I think that's kind of innovative. Yeah. Um, you know, so just one person's going to come by and bring us a whole box of stuff that we can really, really use, like those individual jars of peanut butter, um, like the small things of jelly, um, like like crackers. Right. Uh, you know, sound like a really small thing, but they're huge if, if you're, you know, not in a position where you can access food throughout the day. Um, bottles of water, because we're doing carry out lunches. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, we would normally serve you a beverage there, um, but having a bottle of water that you can then refill throughout the day, because it's mm -hmm. really critical that people have fresh water throughout right. the day. It sounds like a small thing, but it's huge. Again, if you're in a homeless situation, or if you have housing that maybe doesn't have all of the amenities that many people take for granted. Yeah, I think that's a great idea to try to do organized drop-offs with your, with your neighborhood. I mean, so many neighborhoods have Facebook groups where everyone can post and, and do that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, if you can try to get that going in your, own, in your own neighborhood and then drop it off as a house of bread, that is an excellent idea. Um, when it comes to grocery stores, Melody, because I know that you would oftentimes get donations from grocers of like things that were, you know, fruit that wasn't beautiful, but you guys can use it. And then you make whatever from whatever. I mean, it's so impressive. The amount of, I don't want to say ra it's random, the random ingredients <laughs> that you guys get and make yes. these delicious <laughs> meals. It's insane. How yeah. has that gone? Do you, are you still able to get that from the grocery stores or are they pinched now too? Okay, well, I mean, I, I would be remiss not to do a shout out to, to Trader Joe in Kettering um, and also Fresh Time in Beaver Creek, um, who, you know, back, you know, middle of March when schools were closing, it was a different story. It was a little scary for about 10 days. Mm -hmm. But they have really stepped up and reached out to us and continue to, to send us donations daily. Um, some days are a little bit better than others. Right. <laughs> you know, some days are a little scarce and some days are, you know, you feel like you've hit the jackpot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing how excited you can get over spaghetti sauce. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they have really gone above and beyond to, to try to help us. They've even called us and said, hey, what is it you're really, really short on? And we'll do what we can to try to send extra your way. Um, so they really have been phenomenal. Um, we've also been very, very lucky to get in some some financial donations to to help us um, with also purchasing some food that that we can use. Um, so, you know, yes, there it, it's a little up and down right now. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit, but it's a lot up and down right now um, as far as donations go. And uh, so, you know, we get to, we get to be even more creative in our kitchen. It's very impressive. What about volunteers? Because your kitchen is run. I know you have a few staff members. How is that going? Well, we, we had to decide, unfortunately, toward the end of March that we were going to suspend volunteer help in our kitchen, um, which is a tried and true model for community kitchens. You bring volunteers from the community in, um, they get the opportunity to, to learn what we mm -hmm. do, much like you did a few years ago, and to, to really become engaged. And so when, when COVID-19 was, was rapidly spreading and we were getting daily news press from our governor and, and everyone, we really made the decision internally and, and with our board that we were going to suspend volunteers through the end of April. Okay. Um, 
we have hired four um, college students who had experience um, at their colleges cooking nice. and home and, and lost their jobs on campus. Um, and they have been pr pretty phenomenal young people um, helping us. Um, some days are a little harried. Yeah. <laughs> used to having, you know, 12 people in your kitchen and you suddenly have five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to, to get everything together. It's, it's a little harried. Um, we have been fortunate a couple days a week in the evenings. We get help um, from a small group of chefs that are out of work right now. They call them Speed Dayton. And they come in a couple days a week. I think right now it's four. Um, and they prep food for us for the next day, um, which has really been a wonderful partnership right now until we can get back to using volunteers. Um, I, I will tell you plan B is to hope to go back to volunteers by May 4th, uh, plan C, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a, I'm sure there's a plan D and E in my head somewhere. Right. Um, but that has been, um, I think really difficult for, for people who are used to volunteering with us and, and honestly too, for our guests, because I think they miss that, that interaction um with with people who who came and were were interested and cared and mm -hmm. and offered words of encouragement offered words of support and and kindness and so i can tell you we're anxious for that to return um but we don't feel like we're in a position in our community where where we can ask for that to return okay um I, I did think of you and I, because I knew you guys were run by volunteers and I just wondered, oh man. Yeah, so, it's been rough. I, I'm sure. <laughs> when it cut, is there any sort of, I guess, is there a, like a governing body that like puts restrictions specifically or is it like our charitable organizations and like community kitchens and, and that kind of thing? Are you guys just kind of taking the wisdom from what the from, from what the governor said? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there a specific like, no, you guys aren't allowed to do this anymore? No, no, that's a great question. And I mean, we are deemed as an essential service, so I okay, mean, good. Certainly allowed to do what we're <laughs> yeah. doing. Um, you know, we've communicated a lot with our local public health department, and okay. I will tell you that our local public health group has has been great. Um, they've been very responsive to our needs. Um, we, you know, they've stopped in. We have a public health nurse that normally comes into the House of Bread and talks with our guest. She's been in during this. She has spent some time talking with us and our guests and has really, you know, kind of been that person that we've said, hey, Nurse Heather, we're feeling this way. <laughs> and she's been able to, to validate that and, and give us direction. And I, I really can say enough good things about their, their response in trying to guide us. Um, you know, there are no written instructions anywhere for how a community kitchen operates during a pandemic. Um, you know, <laughs> so, you know, reached out to community kitchens, you know, honestly, across the country that do what we do and said, hey, you know, what is your model? You know, how are you doing this? How are, you know, what are the guidelines that you're being given? And that's what led us to say for the month of April, we're, we're carry out only. And then we'll, we'll reevaluate that at the very end of the month. Um, so I think we're, we're fortunate to have a network of people that want to support us and making sure that we're making the absolute best decisions that we can for the safety of the people we serve. That's wonderful, Melody. So how is the carry out uh, working? Do people just come knock on the door? I mean, are they able to call? I mean, 
people may not have phones, yeah. obviously, but yeah. how are you organizing and coordinating that carry out? The way we're doing it right now is we're open from 11 until one. And so people come to our entrance on, on Negley and line up. We actually have smiley faces painted on the sidewalks. Oh, for the space. <laughs> and then inside we have lovely blue tapes, basically. It's lovely blue. Um, <laughs> we let people in, 10 people at a, at a time. Um, and they go through the line. They're able to get coffee if they would like to get, to get that. They're able to get a cup of milk if that's important to them. And then um, we're handing them a bag that has a hot lunch in it, that has a drink, um, hopefully a dessert, um, some bread. Um, any extra fruit that we have, um, we're, we're doing everything we can to, to pack that, that bag um, full of nutrition and some extra things that they'll need to get through the day. And what about, oh, sorry, go ahead. Until we serve everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about donations or how are you guys doing with like the products to bag up these lunches? Because again, that wasn't something that you needed to rely upon. No, I about fell over when I, I found out the price for carryout containers. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know, and, and I really, from an environmental perspective, I hate all of the, you know, the, the foam containers and the cups and everything that we're doing. We just don't have a better way to do it right now. Um, so, you know, we've had to purchase carryout containers, carryout cups for coffee, um, bottled water is something we're purchasing almost every day to make sure that people have that um, and extra things. Um, so it's, it's been challenging. Those carryout containers we can always use, okay. um, you know, especially the nice three compartment ones that fold over nice and neatly. Um, we've had people who have been very generous in supplying us with things like napkins and forks and um, spoons and smaller containers, things like that. Um, we've even had a couple donors um, purchase food from a restaurant to support a local restaurant that they that they typically would patron mm -hmm. and send that to us for, for lunch. Um, and so that has been a really great idea as well. You know, if your listeners, if there's a restaurant that they normally go to, it's small, it's locally owned, they really want to help them, you know, reach out to us and we could coordinate, you know, getting you know, 200 main servings from them, um, you know, and it, in, in the case of, of, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, Mary, one of our, our donors coordinated with Texas Beef and Cattle, and they sent us enough, you know, beef and chicken brisket, you know, for, for 200 lunches, and it was amazing. Wow. That's awesome. You know, so, you know, that's another, you know, in my opinion, opportunity that if someone has a local small restaurant, they really want to support. Um, you know, that's certainly something, and it doesn't have to be 200 servings, you know, right. <laughs> whatever you're, you're willing to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea, though, because it does, it makes the connection where it's helping a local restaurant that can stay open, and you're financially able to just say like, hey, I'm going to pay for these lunches, and then that restaurant gets the money, and you guys get the benefit of, of being able to serve people that need it, so mm -hmm. it's actually really a creative, I never probably would have actually thought about I know that. it's a wonderful yeah, idea yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't think of it the donor did <laughs> well good job she's great <laughs> um as we are heading into summer 
we kind of talked a little bit before this about how we were spared, I guess, from extreme weather this winter in the sense of your guests having to walk in some of the brutal cold we've had over the past several, um, summertime. And that means that your guests will be having to battle the heat, that your kitchen, that you guys will be working in the heat. So is there anything, just looking forward, I think sometimes people want to have that mindset of like, we're going to get through this and mm-hmm. then we'll go back to our normal lives and our normal problem in the summer is heat. So what can people do? I guess, can they supply you with anything that you can even just maybe use later? I know water bottles, that's a huge one for you guys in the summertime. You have the family room now. So um, I guess, is there anything like, I don't know, that, that the little kids would need or I don't know. No, uh, no, it's a great question. And, you know, really, I want to look forward to things being normal. Again. Right? <laughs> so we all, um, you know, reusable water bottles become really important. Okay. You know, because we, we don't want to hand out, you know, water bottles that are going to end up in the trash. Um, um, so reu- reusable ones that people can fill up become really important as we head towards summer. Um, things like hygiene, um, you know, maybe putting together small hygiene bags for us. And that includes something like a bar of deodorant, um, you know, a, you know, a small trial size of, of like shower gel become really important for people. When we start thinking about our families, I think it's going to be really hard for them to sustain resources like, you know, kid shower gel and mm-hmm. toothpaste and toothbrushes for them. Um, you know, also if, if our kids don't go back to school in May, um, you've had kids out of school for a nice period of time, um, and they, you know, th- they need to be creative. You know, it's not just about teaching our kids to read. It's also teaching our kids, um, you know, how to use their minds creatively. So things like sidewalk chalk, mm-hmm. uh, I think, will become really important um, in allowing kids to express themselves and be creative. Um, you know, simple things like like coloring books or activity books, you know, just simple dot to dots or mazes that they can do because our brains think differently. Mm-hmm. We're doing those, um, you know, simple things that they, that they can do in a small environment, I, I think will become really important. Um, you know, healthy, portable snacks. Um, you know, I mean, we all have small kids, you know, and who doesn't have goldfish in their pantry? <laughs> I know? do. Right. <laughs> you know, or, or, I'm trying to tame my daughter with it right now. <laughs> you know, absolutely. You know, those small things that, that, that your listeners might take for granted are, are in their pantries with small children are all things that our families will, will need, um, you know, to, to help them. And, you know, certainly there is a concern with kids at House of Bread and all of our kids that, that not being in school, um, you know, we'll, we'll put them, you know, behind when we, when we go back in September. And so I think if we can just find ways to, to be creative with them, you know, to, you know, to sing with them, to, to play games with them, um, you know, hula hoops, uh, you know, I am trying to think of, of simple, silly things that, you know, we all try to do with our kids. Yeah. Um, just to keep them active and to keep them learning in, in different ways than they would learn in the classroom, I, I think is, is really important. And um, hopefully we'll, you know, hopefully we'll see some normalcy return this summer. That's the goal. Yes. I mean, can I get normal life back yeah. <laughs> right now? 
my life is not normal at this present moment. For anybody that's listening, you should be watching because of the chaos with my toddler. I was going to say, we've got McCall's daughter, Gia. She has been uh, making some guest appearances in the back screen every now and then. Uh, my daughter, Margot, I've been monitoring her. She is currently taking a nap. So yeah, this is our normal. Typically, you know, our we have daycare or sitters mm -hmm. and um, things of that nature. Being able to work from home is something that McCall and I, our, our newsroom is practicing social distancing as well. So, uh, you know, we're all definitely finding a little bit of normal in this weird time. And then mm -hmm. eventually, I know we'll all get back to where we should be. Um, but Melody, let's just real quick review for, for anybody who just needs um, a little help right now. Absolutely. Let's talk about what they can do to get to you. And then what do you want from the listeners that are fortunate enough to help in any tiny way? Okay. Well, anyone who needs help, um, if you need help meeting basic resources when it comes to, to food or, or supplies for your home, um, you are certainly welcome at the House of Bread. Um, we're on a tiny street called Orth, Orth Avenue. We're on the other side of McIntosh Park off of Edwin C. Moses. Um, we sound complicated to find, but we're, we're fairly <laughs> easy to find. Um, anytime between 11 and 1, um, you can come in to our building. Chances are good you'll have to wait outside for a little bit, um, but you can come in and get a hot lunch from us. If you have a family, um, you're welcome to come into the family entrance. You're welcome to eat in our dining space. Um, give us a couple minutes if we're running around crazy, and we'll take time to talk with you and see how we can help you. Um, our neighbors right next door are Catholic Social Services. They run a food pantry Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 11.30. That's also on the Orth side entrance. Um, they're closer to, to West Riverview. Um, they can offer you a box of food to take home with you. Um, and they also have fresh fruits and vegetables that you can take home with you. If you're not close to that area or that doesn't work for you, um, if you are in need of help, I really encourage you to call 211, which is a help link operated by United Way and they can connect you to resources that are closer to you. Um, one thing I would say is it's, this is okay to ask for help. Yeah. This, we're seeing, you know, unemployment rates that we haven't seen since, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, 18 years ago. Um, and so it's okay to ask for help right now because at some point, hopefully you'll be able to, to pay that back or maybe right. past you paid it forward. Um, if you are listening and you can help, um, you are in a position where you're, you're able to keep your employment and work from home um, or, you know, or you're in essential service and you're still going out. Um, you can certainly help us through financial donations, which is houseofbread.org. Um, and you'll see the donate beat button very, very nicely, prominently displayed. <laughs> <laughs> you can organize a, connect, a collection with your neighbors of needed items that we've talked about, like bottled water, like peanut butter, um, like snacks for, for kids, socks, um, you know, simple, simple things and drop that off to us once a week. Um, we're typically there from 8.30 until three o'clock right now. Um, I can tell you as the weather gets warmer and we hopefully get back to normal operation, we'll be there a lot longer. Yeah. We're also trying to make sure that, that our staff takes care of ourselves and that we get rest and time off and um, you know, time to spend with our families so that we can continue to provide the services that, that we need to do. Um, and it's really important to us that we try to take good care of the people who, who come in every day 
and, and care for our guests. Um, with such dedication and, and such professionalism, even in this crazy time we find ourselves in. That's wonderful, Melody. Um, I think that I think we've got a very strong community that has come together over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. I have faith that we will see those those people step up and, and help yeah. you. Um, and of course, uh, whio.com, I'll make sure that I put some of the more, the details, the links directly to the House of Bread right in the story. So if you're listening, you can visit our website and you'll be able to um, just kind of directly see some of the suggestions, Melody, that you just put. And then if you do want help, um, I'll make sure that we include that as well. we'll call okay, it. And if you have any questions, of course, and you're listening or watching, feel free to find Kirsty and I on social media or email us, and we can certainly direct you to the, the right avenue, whether it's donating money or dropping off essential items to Melody. Um, so we'll be sure to add that as well. Um, as always, thank you all for joining us on Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. If you're listening, you can download our podcast on the podcast app on your Apple phone, as well as on Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. If you would like to watch our podcast version, you can see it on our streaming uh, app that we have, which is uh, can be found on Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Roku, as well as on WHIO.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.